Welcome to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. The podcast where we step away from the workouts and get real about life. We're a husband and wife duo, performance trainers, parents, and health and wellness experts. When we're not training professional athletes or traveling the world filming or leading workouts, we're sharing about life beyond the routine and how we find balance in all the unexpected and the chaos that our careers bring. Whether you're here to see what's going on in our crazy lives or how we manage our work-life balance, or you're interested in improving your overall health, we're here to take you beyond beyond the the routine. Welcome back to Beyond the Routine with Bettina and Nick Shimanek. Now, a heads up, you aren't going to hear Nick's voice today because I decided to give him a little break from recording while we do our very first interview episode. And we're interviewing, well, I am interviewing one of my favorite people in the whole wide world and one of my best friends, Miss Kirsty Godso. Now, if you don't already know who Kirsty is, once you do, you will never forget her because not only is she beautiful inside and out, but she is one of the most magnetic people that you'll ever meet. She has incredible energy. She is a Nike global trainer. She has a company called Made Of, which is a protein powder that is one of the cleanest and tastiest and simplest out there. And she's also a trainer, but not just any trainer. She trains celebrities like Kaya Gerber and Olivia Rodrigo. Shout out to the peen eyes. That means Filipinas, by the way. Uh, But yes, so now Kirsty is so amazing. We have known each other for over 10 years. We'll dive in a little bit deeper about how we met and what our relationship is like in this episode. But we, we love each other so much and chat so much that we decided to split this episode up into two. But in today's episode, this is part one, we'll talk about our love story. So how we met, why we love working together, how we train together. And then we'll also chat about the differences between living in New York versus Los Angeles and some more things that you wouldn't expect about Kirsty and someone who we think is gunning for our job and so much more. Without further ado, here is the episode. All right. Well, this is our very first interview and I am so excited because... She is my pyro queen, my longtime friend, Miss Kirsty Godso. She is a woman of many things. And you've obviously heard this in the proper intro that I've given her already, but just her her energy alone, you will feel through this microphone. And I'm so excited to have you. Hey, first of all, I'm just like staring at you through the screen, which is mildly creepy. But if anyone knows Bettina and I, She's my wife. I don't know uh, why Nick thinks that Tina is his wife, but anyway, she's my work wife. I love you so much. I'm so thrilled to be on the pod. Love the pod. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you. We know you're not a uh, child parent, but you are a, a cat mom. Um, very important job. <laughs> that is a very actually. important job. Um, I love I love seeing the pictures of Nico all the time, all the updates from New Zealand. <laughs> you know what, guys, I will say, even if Patina is a dog mom, like she's very gracious about my my cat <laughs> stories. And like we have this toxic trait of sending each other like eight minute long voice notes. <laughs> and then usually there's a follow up because we're like, oh, and I forgot to say. Yes. And it's like, why do you use call? I'm like, well, she has two kids and like. <laughs> and you're busy, too. I, I don't want to interrupt I your your sanity know. walks. <laughs> My sanity walks at the moment, I mean, it's June gloom in LA, but it was in May as well. And like, 
I will say the weather is not here, but the but the sanity has been high because there's jasmine everywhere mm. and like everything's blooming. It's feeling good. Those pictures of the plants are so, or the trees rather, are so pretty. <laughs> I'm jealous that you kind of have that jungle in your oh, uh, it's, backyard, it's, you know? It's, so it's like, really nice. Like Texas, I'm a fan. I never thought I would live here, but I'm a fan. <laughs> Listen, it's, it suits you guys. I might just be following up soon because, you know, LA's been a little lackluster. I know. <laughs> well, LA loves having you and it's a little brighter because you're there. But I figured we could start with our love story. <laughs> so, I mean, I it feel really like... Black. In Paris. <laughs> In Paris. I know. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think it's fun because a lot of people who listen to the podcast uh, probably already know who you are. But I also know there's an audience like Nick's parents who listen yeah. to the podcast and um, they might they might want to know who you are and how we met. And um, yeah, it's all like you said, it all started in Paris. In Paris. <laughs> it was my first so Nike Bettina, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so Bettina and I feel like we'd met before on campus. Yeah. At, at, uh, Briefly. Trainer Summit. But you don't really get to like, I was an emerging market, which is not as chic as North America. Um, <laughs> I was still looking after New Zealand and Australia, but we got put together on the shoot in Paris. And it was our first time in Paris, both yep. of us. And um, we really had an, a unique bonding moment when we were in the Louvre and we were so hungry that we had to leave. <laughs> um, that was really funny. Knew. Yeah. That's when we knew there was a high trust. Yes, um, yes we knew that food was very important. Um, and I will have, and I'm such a fun shoot. I don't know if people will be uh, a little upset at us for this, but I remember when we saw the Mona Lisa, we were both yeah. very underwhelmed. Okay, listen, like from all the movies, you think you think it's going to be a lot bigger. And yes, so small. I think, yeah. So I think I was just like, oh, that's it? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. But there were a lot of people but, surrounded. But listen, if you are mildly upset at us, we did stay long enough in yes. the museum to make sure that we saw the Mona Lisa. Yes, we saw the Mona Lisa. Um, we also, at the time, they had that whole Jumpman um yeah, yeah, this whole setup. Oh my gosh, there was a huge, um, there was a huge Jordan exhibit mm -hmm. on in Paris at the time when we were there, which was so cool. Um, I have probably the best Instagram photo of my life. Yes, so trying to like, there was like a jump board that you could try and slap a sticker up on the board, and you could do that, and you could win a pair of these shoes. And they only had like men's size shoes for us to put on yeah. for the thing. So I, I was like, okay, I'm not going to try hit the backboard. I'm really, I'm going to try do like a Jordan. Yes. Loop. And get our friends to take a photo and you've got one opportunity. So I was like, don't mess it up, Alicia. And she nailed it. So <laughs> it's the best we'll, picture. We'll add, it, we'll add it to the podcast. I was just thinking about that because have you seen Air yet? Did you watch the yes, movie? I have. Yeah. So I was thinking, I thought of that exact moment yeah. whenever that he started drawing the little, the, the jump man. I was like, oh yeah, I remember Kirstie. I feel like that was my first like memory of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because Luckily, I was doing a lot more plyometric work at the time, so I'm up very high in the air. But I love not it. Not sure if I get that high now. Uh, I love it. But well, yeah, Bettina and I have been um, working together for years, and I think what I love most about Bettina is she's a ray of sunshine. Like you guys can probably hear it through her voice. You've definitely worked out with her before, and she's just so fun and sweet. And I feel like we just hit it off. Like so quickly because we're such energizer bunnies. And, yes, yes, we yeah. are. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> I um. I feel like people. I don't want to say people get annoyed, but I feel like they might because we both like screech when we see each other. <laughs> we get very excited, and it's okay. But 
they have to embrace it because it is the beauty of who our, or what our relationship is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I love to yell at my friends down the street when I see them. <laughs> it worked a lot better in New York than it does in LA. I think in LA, people are a little caught off guard. They're like, okay, relax. But um, <laughs> Wait, no, we, wait you think that I, people are more caught off guard in LA than they are in New York? I feel like in New York, everyone's more serious. No, New York people are cool. They're so fun. Like, oh. I think New York is serious. Do you know what I mean? Like, because there's less bullshit there. But yeah. it's like, it's, I think that people are, um, I think they're friendlier. I actually think they're wow. friendlier than LA. I've been doing a project recently in LA where I just say hi to everyone that I walk past on my sanity walks. And there's like a 50-50 hit rate, you know, like mm. 50% thrilled, 50% why are you speaking to me kind of yeah. vibe. So. I'm just going to keep pushing through. Wow, that's so interesting. I wonder, well, what about like if you were in Silver Lake or Pasadena? Do you feel like people, I feel like people You're are, probably right. It might yeah. be a West Hollywood thing. Yeah, because I have a ton of friends <laughs> that live over in Silver Lake and Pasadena. And I feel like they're the friendliest people, but they're also my Midwest friends. And all Midwest people are just super friendly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I do love Silver Lake and like Los Feliz. It's I'm trying so to pretty move, over there. Move a little further you that way. Are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking for a new destination. So if anyone listening to the bar <laughs> happens to be in real estate, <laughs> hit a girl up. Yeah, seriously. Well, I guess that means you're going to stay in LA for a while and not New York. Because you moved to New York first from New Zealand, right? And then yes, I yeah. did yeah, I did five years in New York and then at the end of twenty twenty I moved to LA. I don't mm -hmm. regret doing the first year of pet the pandemic in New York. It was actually like really fun. My apartment was great for like great lighting for filming. So that <laughs> yeah, was that's very right. helpful for the YouTube We did so much. We did so much over the pandemic. We did so much. With Nike. Yeah. And also like I had fun. Like, I mean, at first it wasn't so fun, but then it was like this real sense of community in New York that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I've never run so much in my life just to get outside because I was living on the 47th floor of a building. So yeah. I did need to get outside. <laughs> um, but yes, I've been in LA since December, 2020. Um, I sleep good here. Yeah. That's I remember my, that was one major, of the first things. My major remark. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I'm thinking of giving LA a little bit more of a try, even yeah. though I think about New York daily. Yeah. You know, I think that's normal. Well, on Beyond the Routine, we talk a lot about our daily routines and I feel like your sleep probably has helped a lot here or there in LA because of the sun that you get every single day. Because we both talk about Huberman a lot and how yes. important it is to get the 10 minutes of sun before 10 a.m., and I feel like you're up and out of the door by like 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, in New York, I always was. And I was never sleeping. I had a terrible, I used to wear a whoop. And it was just, oh, I red, red, red. Oh my gosh, we were just I, talking about that. I'm on Team Ring now. Yes, yeah, um, same. <laughs> <laughs> loving it. A lot easier than, than all the straps. Um, but moving to LA, I just was like, oh, I actually, I actually sleep well mm -hmm. and wake up rested, like not in such a panic attack. Um, I love that the podcast hinges around routines because I'm such a routine person. Yes, you I'm are. Quite a, quite a type, very disciplined. But so Bettina and I always love talking about our different routines. But yeah. what I've managed to do here is also people don't want to work out as early. So my first client is usually early at 7.30 a.m. Usually. Wow. So that allows That's me to actually, actually late. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can get up at like 6.30 in the morning and still, you know, like have a shower, do my bone broth, like, I always try and walk to get my marcher if I can. Like if I'm in a rush, like I'll drive on the way to the gym. Yeah. But um, I there's something really interesting about having the walk to my marcher in my morning routine that I find very peaceful. 
It's mm. not far. It's like 2000 steps total, but it's just like getting outside and like, yeah. you know, instead of just jumping straight into my car and then jumping into like an environment like a gym, which has so much noise, artificial light, things like that. Yeah. How does it feel having a car now versus LA or New York when you didn't have a car? It's really funny because I actually like growing up in New Zealand and like my brother's a mechanic, like I love cars and you know, I grew up in South Auckland. So it's like, it was like an hour drive to go see my friends with no traffic or whatever. So cars were really important to me. I Mm -hmm. obviously needed friends. Um, but, (laughs) um, living in New York, like you get so used to walking everywhere and taking public transport, like the subway or a city bike. So you kind of really, you just get so used to that. When I first got to LA, I was like, I'm not getting a car. Yeah. And like, I remember that. I have a lot of friends that move from New York and I'm like, how are you going to do that? (laughs) Three, four months in, I was like, yeah, I'm going to need a car. Um, and it kind of reminded me like that. I love cars. I love European cars. So (laughs) Bettina and I had done a lot of voice noting back and forth on which car to get. And Um, but yeah, it's, it's also crazy driving here because it's the other side of the road and the other side of the car. Oh yeah. And it's funny how quickly you adjust, but like, oh man, LA are terrible drivers. It's like a, it's a real zoo out there. They're so bad. (laughs) Do you feel like if there's, are there ever moments where you're really tired and then you forget that you're supposed to drive on the right side? No. (laughs) Okay. But when I did go home to New Zealand the first time, because I couldn't go home two and a half years during the pandemic. So I'd been driving in LA for like over a year and I finally went home to New Zealand and there was a moment like out where my mom lives, there is, you don't really see any other cars on the road. And I remember driving and I was like, Oh my God, I think I might be on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> like, and I was like, and there's no other cars here to figure it out. So then I have to think about what side of the car I'm sitting on. And then oh I'm my like, okay, gosh. Okay, okay. I think there was one of the girls on the Apple team that was from the UK. I don't remember who it was, but I think one of them accidentally went on the wrong side of the road. Like weren't the first few weeks she you was know, here the, the good news is with LA there's probably like locals doing that too. yeah they're probably just like that's whatever yeah that's very true oh my god a little bit more um didn't you grow up like on a golf course like you lived in yeah I don't remember yeah so my your dad was a professional prof- your mom yeah, was bo- both of my parents were but my mom's like the major my mom's a like full professional golfer she used to travel in like the LPGA and um, when I was five or six, she decided to like retire from that and just focus on coaching people because she was traveling a lot and she had two children yeah. and just wanted to, you know, spend time there. So I also think like from her teaching people golf, that's probably maybe subtly where the, the coach in me came out yes. somewhere along the way. But when my parents divorced, my mom decided she wanted to move back to the country where she grew up. And um, so my dad lived in the city and my mom lived in the country. It's like, if there's no traffic, you can get there maybe in 45 minutes an yeah. hour drive. So it's not too far, especially if you're thinking in LA, like a 45 minute drive is like it's not anywhere. even far because yeah. of traffic. But <laughs> New Zealand, we have a very small population. We don't have that much traffic. So it was far. And she, we bought a uh, property, like a farm, 16 acres, and she converted it into a golf course. Oh my gosh. See, that's like Nick's dream. <laughs> he always talks yeah, about how honestly, he wants so many, so many acres. It's cool because like we have a clubhouse there. There's the, like when we first moved in, there was horse stables and we turned them into like an open range driving range. Oh my gosh. Which seemed really cool. Aside from the fact my brother and I had to pick up all the golf balls all the time, which was super (laughs) annoying. Um, But Hey, you got your workout in. (laughs) Yeah. It's a beautiful golf course. I like to say Nico is the mascot. My cat (laughs) lives there with my mom. Um, And 
Yeah. It's like, it's such a sanctuary. You know, when I go home to New Zealand, especially when I would travel home from New York, I was like, this is like an out of body experience. It's yeah. just so quiet. You hear so many birds. That's so nice. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just gorgeous. This green golf courses are beautiful. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, especially being here in Texas. Like you can be 45 minutes outside of the city and really have a ton of acres. Um, it's still not cheap, but you can definitely get a lot. And I feel like Nick would just love that. Um, right now, I feel like he'd be, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but he has this, he's been practicing golf a lot, but not at the golf course, not at the driving range. He in has a, he has a net in our backyard. <laughs> I love it. So we I don't have to it. go pick up balls. <laughs> That's actually perfect. Yeah. It's so yeah, nice. Do you guys go to top golf ever? No, we you haven't gone to top golf. Yeah. We have a driving range like down the street. And so he'll go, um, I was pregnant the la- or last third trimester when we were going a lot. So I would just go and watch with Aluna and Aluna would run around. Yeah. But I feel like I would go with him. I don't think I'd be very, I'd be any good, but do you golf? I don't know. You're, you're very good with technique. Uh, yeah. But you know, uh, it's so slow. Yes. So my brother's what, a really good golfer. That's what I don't think I can do it. And like, I just feel like I grew up on the side of a golf course for so long yeah. that it feels like punishment. Yeah. Like all <laughs> golf with my family like on Christmas if I must. Yeah. But even for me with a partner, I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to be a golf widow. Like you can get into <laughs> other sports. But like, I'm, I mean, if you really want to play golf, sure. Um, it's like a full commitment. You a know? full commitment. Oh, Nick has been playing almost every single day. He has this like fancy Garmin thing that where he can play like it like oh, yeah. into the net. It like tells him where the ball's going. About his swing. Yes. So he's been obsessed with it, but it's literally almost every day that he's been doing it. So uh, I actually side tangent love Garmin. Like I run with the yes. Garmin. Mm-hmm. I know you have an Apple watch, but like, I really love the Garmin. It's the most accurate, I think. We should yeah. have talked about, we just did an episode on technology um, yeah. with fitness. And I feel like a lot of people are using the Garmin's, but there are a lot of people are using the Apple watches just because of the versa, you know, you could just do so Versa-t- much with it. I think, I think that the Apple watch just has more variety. Like I'm not wearing my Garmin at any other time. It's right. definitely not the sexiest watch either, but um <laughs> It's when I'm running, I just have it connected to my beat and that's it. I just, oh. I don't take my phone and I just go on an adventure. Yeah. That's nice. Wait, does it play music on there? Yeah. So I have the oh. one that has music. So it's just thinks. And oh, that's so it's cool. perfect. So you can save like your Spotify playlist into it. Oh, and, see, that's um, cool. They, that, yeah. they needed more of that. I think the Apple watch does that now. Cause I know that with their time to walk and time to run, like you can download, or I don't even know if you download it, if it just automatically shows up there and you just start one of your, your runs or walks and you can hear like the podcast or whatever. And, or the, it's kind of like a podcast, the time to run, time to walk. Um, yeah. You can hear the celebrity or the trainer talking about whatever it is and through your headphones That's without so cool. your phone. I mean, it's interesting. Cause like, I'm not a watch person. Like I love like a nice, but during the day, like I really don't wear like even when I'm with my clients, like I just kind of like, I try and use a clock that's in the gym or something yes. to have a look, but I've become like just such a non-watch person yeah. and I, it might be a luxury because like I don't have kids, you know, like I don't need notifications on or something, yes. but I think it's, I've become really adverse to notifications popping up yes, all the time. I know. That's what one of my nurse friends says. She's like, I just hated it. It gave me more anxiety. I, yeah. for me, it's like, I like to have it because I feel like I'm on my phone less because I'm not checking it all the time. Because I feel like when you pick up your phone, you just randomly start doing stuff with it. You don't even realize what you're looking at. So the watch is nice because I'm like, okay, like if I have a text from Nick, like if he's not home, I always like to make sure I get notifications from him. So I'll I'll put it on one of the do not disturbs that only sends stuff from him. And then like I have my favorites or like my family who make like if there's an emergency, it'll come through. Yeah, that they can break it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's perfect though. And also, I mean, it's like, you need boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. with communication sometimes. And like, I always have my phone on silent, which is super annoying because I miss a ton of deliveries, but <laughs> it is what That's it is. That's good. Like, you need that. I think that especially because yeah, need- you're always wanted, like people are always trying to contact you and you need that. You need that break. It's so important. Yeah. little peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think what's something that's really cool about you that not a lot of people know is that you used to ride dirt bikes. <laughs> I love that picture of you. <laughs> you're like, it's a duality for me, uh, because you're this like high fashion, but also like tomboy and you used to just get dirty in New Zealand. Well, I and- <laughs> feel like it's the same as you being in a band and we see these photos <laughs> pop out and I'm like, hello, Tina. <laughs> and you surf, you skateboard, you, you know, you, you have the tomboy bug as well. But yeah, I guess. My brother's a real daredevil. And Mm -hmm. so we got into dirt biking younger. Like our cousins live just up the street. They have bikes as well. But unfortunately, we had a little bit of a a bad accident (gasps) when I was about 12. You did? 11 or 12. Yeah, we kind of, we collided. So basically Mm. we came up a hill from opposite sides, dodged the same way. And so that's why I had my knee surgery. And, but we didn't want to tell our parents. So we just didn't do anything about it. And I kept playing all my sport on my knee. Wait, really? Yeah. And basically what happened was, especially because I played water polo where you egg beat all the time, there was just yes. little shards of bone sort of oh. flying around. And I, I had a lot of knee pain and I, and I would fall over a lot, which was interesting to me because I'm not clumsy. And I was like, Ooh, so one day I finally went to get an x-ray when I was 14 and they were like, well, I don't really know where to begin. And it was just a mess. Like it was a diabolical mess, but essentially my meniscus was gone. Mm. which is what a lot of the pain was causing. And there was hooks of bone that were catching. That's why I'd fall. So they did a surgery right when I turned 15. I was on crutches for three and a half months. And then you wouldn't know the way that I move my body now. But I will say I don't dirt bike as as recklessly as I used to when I was younger, but I still, it's like the first thing that I do when I get home to my mom's house. Like my brother pulls the bikes out and we go for a ride. And it's, it's just fun. Like it's really fun to sort of, I don't know, just blast yourself yes. down this, the road like that. Obviously, we live in the country too. So yeah. Like there's no one that's, around. That's but. another reason why Nick wants to do it because he used to do the same thing when he was younger. When he lived on, when he was yeah. young, he grew up on a bunch of it's acres. It's adrenaline. Yes. It's probably the closest I get to high intensity these days. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, that's why I think Aluna, I'm scared for that. Like, I think she's going to be like, like you, like, <laughs> like Nick. <laughs> I mean, I used to have that moped. I feel like she's just, she's yeah. just going to have she's going to be that girl. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so scared. She's just so, I mean, a lunar is, I'm sure you, everyone listening has seen a lunar on the internet and she is hilarious. She is like, so she's funny. a character and she's just a mini, like she looks so much like Bettina as well. And like, but she's got, you can tell she's got like next, like spiciness for like, for adventure, like yes. wanting like some of that daredevil. hundred percent. You're like that though too. I mean, how are you coping with no surfing? Um, that's, I, I hate that. That's the only thing I don't like about Texas is that we're not close to the beach. I remember when Nick first wanted to move out here, I was like, but there's no ocean. Like, what are we going to do? But we're going to Hawaii in a few weeks. So where are you going? We're going to the big Island. So that'll be nice. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to get some surfing in. I might be hard with the kiddos, but might just have yeah. to find like some small little waves that I can just kind of pop up. And plus, it's, I'm pretty rusty anyway. I don't even know if I can get up on the board. Have you been surfing I'm before? Sure you can. 
when I first moved to LA in the pandemic and like there wasn't much work on, my friend Emily and I were doing surf lessons like out in Malibu. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. And it was so fun. Yeah. And I really liked, we had these instructors that like really were not very gentle with us and I appreciated that. And they were like, well, you're going to learn today. You're going to learn a lot. And like there was crazy tides yeah. and I was like, oh man. So you like, like that. So if you have a trainer, you want them to be pushing you really hard. A little bit of tough love. Yeah. I love yeah. some tough love. <laughs> Uh, it can't be unnecessary tough love, you know, where it's like, it, I want it to make sense to my body. But yeah. the first trainer that I ever had when I first got into fitness and was doing fitness DVDs, he changed my life. Like his name was Corey. He works for Les Mills. He's incredible. And he really crafted, I think, who KG is mm. in the sense of just like really wanting to try stuff. And I remember it was one, one day randomly. I don't know where it came from. I was like, I really want to be able to do chin-ups. And he was like, that is like your bread and butter. You can do those. (laughs) But then it was funny because it was like, I had no, I don't know where it came from. I was like 22, 23, maybe. And I was like, yeah, I just like, I want to be able to do that. And then I got obsessed and then it became like, I want to be able to do a chin up with half my body weight attached to me. And like never fully got there. I got to like 22 and a half kgs. That's hanging off me really great so, and you could do the um like the single arm if you're grabbing on the single yep. arms yeah yeah i like I, I like adventure with my training but um he really he taught me from a young age not to be afraid of strength and i really mm-hmm. appreciate that and i think that's something that i try and pass over onto my clients and like you're such a huge advocate of strength training and yeah. i think the more that we can just try and encourage women and give them the confidence around yeah. how amazing it is for them because obviously we you know men don't have much shyness towards doing strength training. Yes. But for women, it's still quite a barrier. And yeah. you see the most phenomenal change in not only their bodies, but their confidence and their attitude towards other things. Well, what I love is you showing you lifting heavy weights because a lot of women think still till this day that weights will make you bulky. And I want to be like, yeah. look at Kirsty Gosso, yeah. most beautiful girl ever, <laughs> beautiful body, and you're not bulky. And you're lifting really heavy weights. And it's impressive. I got... Thank you, babe. Yeah. I mean, I really got in there with my hip thrust, guys. I used to go in and train in the gym with Bettina when I'd visit LA from New York. <laughs> and I definitely cannot deadlift or squat or anything remotely close to Bettina. And I'd always be like, I was like, damn, she's such a baddie. Like, that's so cool. And I would be so inspired. And then when I got into hip thrusting, I was like, oh, I think I found my thing. Yes. Oh, like, you're so I can good. really get in here. But it's cute because when I've noticed when I start doing something, and if I post about it, my client's like, well, I want to try that. Yes. So, you know, it's like people can say, I think there's a lot of commenting on bodies on the internet, which I just don't like I hate in general. It. Yep. Whatever someone's body is doing is absolutely none of your business. Yep. And I know sometimes people say, well, I'm just worried about the moment. But well, most of the time you don't know the person. Yes, agreed. It's, you know, it's okay to be compassionate and want other people to be well, but you can't copy paste what you think a body should be. Yep. You're a, a lot of the time there's projections, you know, and I'll post a video of Kaya hip thrusting 175 pounds. She's a petite human. Yes. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so proud of her. And, and I post the video with such good intention. Then people are like too skinny. And I'm like, oh my okay. gosh. Well, you know, you can't win over you here. You can't but... win. Everyone's always going main... to have something to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the main thing is like, I'm just like, well, I don't say what you want. Like that doesn't take away from the fact like this girl is hip dressing 175 pounds straight out the gate. So yes. like we, we really like worked up to that. I was just like, whoa. That's so good. Where do you think yeah. all of her strength comes from? Does she, did she work out before you or did she um, do Yeah, she used to, she's lifting? always worked out and then, but never really like 
such a committed relationship with like strength and a bit more like high intensity and some mm-hmm. running and stuff. So we actually met doing reformer Pilates in oh. LA. And so that was sort of how we became friends. And then she was like, you know, I was wondering if you could train me. And I was like, I would love to. Yeah. Okay. And so I just spoke to her about what her goals were. And, and she really, she's like, I really want to look strong and I want to be strong. And I was like, great, let's go. And within like three weeks, like, you know, she's young, her body responded so quickly. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is incredible. Mm. And we've been training together for nearly two and a half years now. And it's like, we train together like five times a week. We just have the most fun. I think that's what is surprising to people. They're like, Oh, you guys are really just friends hanging out. Cause we're always laughing in the gym. She's she down. She can do chin-ups. She can do pull-ups. Yep. She's just a, she's a badass. Like it's so inspiring to me. And I think, I hope that a lot of young women can look at her and be like, wow, this is a great role model because her energy, her attitude, her work ethic, it's, it's well, that truly, energy like, makes you, me so You guys proud. attract each other with that energy because <laughs> that's who it's you KG. are. You just described yourself. <laughs> KG funny, energy. Because yeah. when people see us together, they're like, oh, the KGs are over there because like yeah. we have the same initials. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's probably one of the most fun parts of the job. You know, you know what it's like when you see your clients like getting results yes. and getting stronger and stronger. And, and they want to work out, they want to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like an out of body confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like their confidence is my confidence. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's what makes when you're a coach or a trainer, it's like, that's what ideally makes you feel really good is when yeah. other people are improving. Oh, I love that. Well, on a flip side, I've seen you're back in the gym. <laughs> yes. I'm back in the gym. I'm doing some <laughs> easy strength training, but I haven't even lifted a weight. Oh no, that's a lie. I've do, been doing like carries um, just yeah. to kind of, you know, cause the biggest issue for me are my wrists and my grip yeah. strength especially because I feel like it's all weekend from just holding yeah. Osa and I'm just like in this position all the time where my, my um, hands are bent. And so I've been doing a lot of carries. It feels really, really good. Um, I've just been doing a lot of body weight stuff and a lot of isometric holds and um, mm-hmm. a lot of pelvic floor work. Uh, that, Very important. It feels so good. Like from, from and anybody listening to this that is postpartum or will be soon, or if you train postpartum athletes, the first thing you can do the day you get home is the breathing exercises. And that has helped me so much. Like I probably could go and lift weights out, but why should I, you know, what? Yeah, it's just okay. like, there's no point. It's just kind of like, I, I think there's a grace period too, where it's like, you know, I think there's so much pressure on moms and there's, you know, mm-hmm. hormone shifting happening and, and lack of sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And just crazy different demands on them. And I think then there's a, part insecurity there's like a desperation to quickly get back to their body but it's like you know taking your time mm-hmm. is so important yeah. and you know I haven't had children so I can't speak to that <laughs> I've, tra- I've trained women um in postpartum but it and for me it's been one of the most rewarding journeys to watch them yes. regain their confidence and often like repair their body in yep. a way where it comes back even stronger yep I know all about the breath work because I lay on the ground with my clients a lot. Yes. And And my abs are feeling it. And you do a lot of Pilates, which is so much breath work, so much of that deep core. Like that's the hardest thing for me. Like I went to my pelvic floor doctor uh, two weeks ago and she's like, all right, can you do your, your, your activation? And I was like, okay. And, but I was doing just pelvic floor and she's like, no, I want you to do the deep core. And I was like, "Mm." and you know, it's just so hard because it's 10 months that your body is just been disconnected to that. So reconnecting yeah. to that. And so I think that's important to, to for people to remember that even as a trainer, like yeah. having to reconnect to that was so difficult. And I was like, yes. Oh, yeah, I but just, once I got it, it was like, oh, you okay? I got it. <laughs> 
And I think it's a hard thing too, because it's, you know, everyone's birth story is going to be different and everyone's like reconnection with their body is going to be different and it takes different timelines. Yep. But it doesn't mean, you know, that you're, you didn't have a beautiful experience or that you don't have success to come. You know, I think it's just like, that's the, I think that's the piece, like, cause I've had many of my different friends have had children and it's Mm -hmm. like, everyone's journey has been so individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. But you know what? It's, it's interesting because I wish more people talked about the whole pelvic floor thing because I even know women who are like two years postpartum and they're like, oh my gosh, I know this is not a pregnancy episode, but we'll tangent. But people are like, oh, I'm I'm peeing myself still. And I'm like, it's two years later. You probably should have done something about that, you know? So I feel like that yeah. that's a big one, you know, they need it all, like a guide step one. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But I will say I've always, I've always loved and adored. You're such an advocate for women's strength. Mm-hmm. And I think now like with your, you've tied it so much towards like being a mom mm-hmm. and like throughout pregnancy, how to keep your strength post pregnancy, how to rebuild your strength. And yep. like, it's so cool to have such an amazing cheerleader for, for women going through such a vulnerable yeah. time. And, you know, I actually want to go back to when you were talking about talking about people's bodies. Um, I think also postpartum, it's so important to not talk about the way someone looks or what they're doing, because a a lot of women probably are going through the postpartum depression. Maybe they're not eating and maybe that's why they're skinny, you know, and that's just like there's so many thoughts and like so many details that you so many details you just don't know. I know. And it just like it's I I don't know. And I, I guess I kind of get. I, I talked to Nick about it a lot. I'm like, should I, should I be sharing this? Like, I don't want anyone to feel insecure. Did I? He's like, no, you're very real about everything that you share. And I think that's really important because a lot of I women... also think you have a very thoughtful tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Like you're an Thank incredibly you. thoughtful person. You never try and you're never trying to like make anyone feel anything other than good, uh, you know? That's and my so motto. I, think, I want everyone to feel good. <laughs> yeah. And that really shines through. So I think, and I think it's always nice. Like people need a good narrator, yeah. you know, and they want to follow your journey. Like I, even me as someone that's your friend and I get the intimate voice notes and stuff, you know, it's like, <laughs> I still want to watch the videos and see how you're feeling and what you're recommending. And then I, I'm like, Oh, wow, this is great. You know, you might mm-hmm. share it off to someone that's got going through that. Like mm-hmm. I have friends that had a baby, you know, nine weeks ago. Yeah. And oh, she's doing sharing, your baby's you know, so cute. Oh my god, baby's really cute. <laughs> so cute. There's a lot of cute babies around. I'm like, listen, guys, don't be giving me baby fever. I... A few things that I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you are single. <laughs> are you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. So real estate agent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Um, six foot five, six foot five and above. <laughs> Manifesting. <laughs> no golfers, please. <laughs> no golfers. Um, let's um, let's talk about your wellness routines. We touched a little bit about them, but yeah. uh, what is something that you do that surprises a lot of people? I mean, a lot of people obviously expect that you eat really well, and you know, you work out, you take your walks. Ooh, I think what surprises people is that like, I occasionally have a drink with my friends, yeah. you know, I don't drink that much alcohol, but like that also sometimes is part of my wellness routine. It's yes, just to you'll like, feel good. Take a, yeah, just, and by the way, I'm having like one drink, maybe two max. <laughs> I'm never, never like really being drunk or like out of control, but sometimes that's what wellness might be to me is just to like unwind and relax. Yeah. And, um, that's like, that's probably like more of a surprising thing for people. Yep. But really like, I think what is surprising to a lot of people is I do a lot less high intensity than what people expect. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not because I don't appreciate that type of exercise. It's just that I've gone through a journey with my hormones and yep. different things. So like, 
a lot of my wellness daily routine is just tapping into my body and being very intuitive about my exercise. I know mm-hmm. we talk a lot about intuitive eating, mm-hmm. but I'm very intuitive with my exercise. And I try and be like, okay, you know, what, what do you need today? And, and sometimes it is a bit more high intensity. Sometimes I want to get yes. my heart rate up. And one of the ways that I often do that is through like a three mile fast run. And, and that's what I enjoy more so than just the stuff that I've done in the gym for years, you know, over and over again, or I build in brackets of high intensity or sort of more conditioning into my strength workouts. So I get that moment where I love getting my heart rate up, but I'm, I'm really prioritizing like strength workouts and Mm -hmm. my Pilates. And yeah. I feel like you and I both have evolved our training in similar ways where like we both had a lot of high intensities. You know, we had burpees in our workouts, like you were the burpee queen at some point. (laughs) And then, you know, I think you just were like, okay, you know what? I want to prioritize strength a little more. And you saw the difference that was, is that was happening in your home hormones, which I think is incredible because a lot of people don't even realize the stress that happens when they're doing too much hit. Right. Yes. And I think the thing too, is like the internet's going through an interesting time right now, specific Mm -hmm. to the fitness industry where it's really demonizing hit, which I'm also anti because it's, it's a phenomenal way to train when you do it right and you do it in the right dosage. But the difference for us is that we are trainers. So mm-hmm. if we are teaching HIT classes all the time and doing it with people and then also having HIT training in our own training Ooh, time, stressful. it's a lot, you know, it adds up. And and I think the thing is, you know, we know with high intensity, it's best done properly and max three times a week, mm-hmm. ideally two for a lot of people and kept to a sort of 30 minute time period is pretty good. But people, there's so much mismatch happening. Like people aren't hitting the intervals or they're not doing the right recovery. They're doing it way too much. So, you know, you get addicted to the results and that's where it gets hard to keep some balance around it and you can burn out quickly. But I will say, like, I will still sit here and put my hand up and say, high intensity is an amazing way to train. It's particularly good for women post-menopause because it can help them, you know, keep their body, um, like getting a lot of the things that it needs and strength training and protein becomes incredibly important, like even more so important for women post-menopause. But, you know, there's this whole campaign at the moment, mostly led by Pilates people, to be honest, about how anti-hit they are. But you (laughs) you also can't just do Pilates. Like, no, you you can't. Guys, you're allowed to be an all-rounder. And by the way, that's super fun. Like having strength training, having a bit of Oh, I've been doing my dancing too. I love dancing. Yeah, (laughs) dancing, dancing counts. You know, I wish I could dance. My dancing is terrible but <laughs> I would love to do a little dance class with you <laughs> listen I'm down one of my clients is an amazing dancer like it's so like she's incredible she just completely blows me away and then and she's like I'm like maybe one day she'll give me a dance lesson or something and I'll just like <laughs> get my groove up but yeah it's just like movement should be fun you know I don't mm-hmm. think it's net I don't think it's right to say that like that to demonize one type of movement, movement and it's just finding the way that it works for your body. So to circle back to like how that's a routine, it's really like intuitive exercise has been super helpful for me because we can be very hard on ourselves. If, if our plan was to wake up and do a certain type of training, say it was a really heavy strength day and you wake up and you're like, I am so fatigued. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't have it in me today. Like my central nervous system's shot. Like Maybe today's a sanity walk and some stretching. Yeah. And and leaning into the confidence of making that educated decision for yourself. Yeah. I feel like that is so common now. Um, people are talking more about wellness and talking about how important the mindfulness aspect is. And I think it was from the pandemic. I think a lot of people yeah. had to finally sit with themselves and they realize what they what was missing or what they were doing too much of you know yeah and whether it was work or workouts or 
Yeah. And workouts often become a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things that are going on in your life and you can, rather than maybe like really enjoying and honoring your workout time, like you kind of start to abuse it. You know, it's like a therapy and I'm not anti movement being therapy because it really helps to actually shift emotional things out of the body, but it's still having like, you know, um, a real, a real confidence and a real appreciation for the movement that you're doing and honoring your body. Mm-hmm. You can't be, you don't want to be disconnected from your body and your mind during your workouts. Mm-hmm. And if you're already completely frazzled, going and frazzling yourself more can mm-hmm. be one of the worst things you do. It doesn't mean you can't move, but it's like, Hey, just change the cadence of what that movement's going to mm-hmm. be. That's why the breath work I think is really great before workouts too, not just after just reconnecting yeah, so tell, yourself. What's your favorite breath work that you do like most regularly? I think uh, just like box breathing, laying on the yeah. ground or sit, sitting, you know, four breaths in, holding it for four seconds and then exhale out for four and then holding for four. Um, it's yeah. one of my favorite ways just to get it in. Um, so box breathing post-workout in, at night, I love incorporating my box breathing right before bed. Nick and I will do it sometimes. Sometimes he'll um, he'll come in to bed later and then, um, but I'm like, can you do the box breathing with me first <laughs> or you oh, go outside so for a little bit if I want to go to bed early, especially now with Osa, because I like to yeah. go to bed earlier because I'll have to wake up in the middle of the night, but I'll be like, can you just do it with me? So like, let's just do four. And then, and we just do four of those. And then it feels just a really good like relaxation. And then I feel like I sleep better, you know? Have you noticed a difference in any of your sleep stats since you've been more cognizant with your breath work? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, yeah. HRV is high. Uh, I feel like as of late, I can't really count any of my... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's different. But, it's but a slightly different experience. But during pregnancy, amazing. I feel like I could see a big difference. I didn't have insomnia as bad th- during this third trimester than I, as I did when I was with Aluna. I just incorporated that breath every single day right before bed, um, even before my workouts, after my workouts with my pelvic floor work. But obviously I did seated instead of laying down. Um, But yeah, I feel like just doing it in different positions is great. It's funny too, because like I'm quite an intense person and (laughs) I've never been able to meditate. It just doesn't like land for me that well, but I've been using breath work a lot more and I'm like, oh, this is my this is my meditation. Mm-hmm. Like this is how I, and I love like Chrissy Jones incorporates it really well in their Skyting TV videos. So you do a lot of like Kapalabhati, which is like, mm. you know, you hold your breath in and then it's short, sharp exhales like through the oh, nose. Yeah. And that is such an energy clearance to me. Mm. Like it's crazy. And I, and I love when they sprinkle that into the workouts. And um, actually when I do therapy, my therapist and I speak, she's based in the UK. So we speak over FaceTime. And we always use breath work to, we do a lot of EMDR tapping or like hypnosis. And it's crazy, even just with like 10 deep breaths, how much I notice my body wow. calms down. And, you know, we're mm. lucky. We're very in tune with our bodies. Yes. So it's like, I think it, we have, we're like, we have a bit of a privilege there that we can tap yeah. in quickly, but I know that it's, it's something that's accessible to everyone. I and agree. Sometimes we can be a little shut off and be like, it didn't work for me. And like, that might've just been the scenario you were in. You know, yeah. if I was trying to do breath work in New York where I was permanently stressed and yes. hyperventilating, like wouldn't have landed for me either, yes. to be honest. And you have to start small, just like with exercise. It, it's it's yes. a muscle that you have to have to work just like exercise. And I feel yeah. like people don't give them enough, them enough chances to, to try it. Uh, yeah. It's really funny because there's this show 
if you have a toddler, we've talked about this before on, on the podcast, but Kirsty probably doesn't know about this. It's a show called Daniel Tiger. <laughs> and he has a Love. song <laughs> that goes, if you feel so mad and you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. And so we do that with a Luna. That's so cute. And we like go, <sighs> and then we count to four. And then she usually just will stare at us. And then she'll be relaxed because she'll be like really hyper and like yeah. really mad. She'll be screaming and then we'll start singing the song and she takes a breath and then she counts to four. So it's crazy how it even works for a toddler, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, it's... Dude, Aluna's picking up so many skills as well. <laughs> like the videos of her when you guys are in the gym and she's just like carrying things around. I'm like, I love it. Or like trying to like climb up onto boxes. Oh, she is hanging on stuff by herself now. She'll just go up and grab something and just pick her feet off the ground and hang. Listen, she might be coming for our job. She's fully decked out in Nike <laughs> all the time. Listen, guys. Yeah, you got to stop paying her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. Well, that was part one of my convo with Kirsty. Now, in part two, in next episode, we'll talk more about mindfulness, journaling, our skin and hair routines, and dealing with annoying emails, uh, sanity walks, and her non-negotiables, plus how she trains Olivia and Kaya, which I was really excited to hear about her training philosophies, and I know you all will be too. So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can always contact us at contact at beyondtheroutinepodcast.com. Peace. Just real quick, we'd like to remind you that while we are fitness and wellness professionals, we are not doctors or prescribing any medical advice. We do advise that before you change any of your habits or routines, you always should check with your healthcare provider. 